You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I will connote a promise. A promise that something is going to happen or to take place. I will, in reference to God or from a theological standpoint, is a guarantee. Because God in his omniscience has ordained for his his children to have his character in that we are told to be holy because God is holy. Paul went so far as to tell us in Philippians 2 and 5 that we ought to have the mind of God or, or Jesus. And when it comes to a person that's sincerely connected to God, the person should strive to make it a guarantee when he or she says that he or she will or will not do something. I will. I will remain. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to stay right here. I know that it's tempting to do this, that, and the other, but I'm not going to allow the temptation to move me from my set place. I'm just going to be steadfast. I'm going to remain right here. She said something I didn't like. I could say something back, but I'm not going to do that. I'm changing my ways. I'm just going to stay right here where God has placed me. I'm just going to remain right here. I'm going to remain. And, and I'm going to remain to the point to where I'm not going to allow anything or anybody to move me. Now, Paul's thing was that he was going to remain with the church. That was his intention, to, to remain with the church for a certain period of time. And knowing the mindset of Paul, he was going to remain there until God told him to do otherwise. And there's one thing about God. If God tells you to do something, he is going to have legitimate witnesses that are going to be on the same page with you. Notice I didn't say witnesses. I said legitimate witnesses. God is going to make sure if he tells you to stay in a particular place, that 
There are witnesses that, that are going to tell you that, yes, that's what God is speaking. Are you with me? And so he was going to remain. The reason I stress this is because when you make up in your mind to be steadfast or remain in a place that God has told you to remain, you can expect opposition. You can expect trouble to come your way. You can, you can expect trouble not only from demons. You can expect trouble from people, most of all, yourself. How many have ever knew God told you something, but, but after going through trials, tribulations, and, and being uh, uncomfortable about this, that, and the other, you start to wonder as to whether or not it was God? Probably by all of us. And see, when you search scripture, it's, it's normal to start feeling certain ways. And when you start feeling certain ways, what should you do? Go back to God. Go back to him and just ask. Because if God said something, God has no problem in saying it to you again. I said if God told you something one time, he has no problem in telling you again. And so Paul was to the point to where he knew he needed to remain or to be steadfast. And in Paul remaining steadfast and so forth, what that was going to do for the congregation, especially people that really respected Paul and his leadership is that it was going to give them an opportunity to take on his spirit. It was going to give them an opportunity to take on his spirit. Somebody was going to be Affected by him remaining at Corinth. Somebody was going to be affected by him to the point to where they were going to make a divine connection with him. Are you with me? Now, Consider the 14th verse in 1 Corinthians 16, and I'm just going to read down a little bit and look at what happens. First Corinthians 16, consider the 14th verse, and we're going to continue. And notice what happens. He says, let all that you do be done, help me. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. I am glad about the coming of, help me, fortuitous, 
and Achaeus for what was lacking on your part. They what? For they refresh my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge such men. Now notice what's happening. That Paul being with the church and being with others when he got ready to finally depart from the church, he starts identifying people that have sincerely connected with him. Now, some, some folks don't like you to single out people. Some people have, have a problem with that because, because often they may think that that's respect a person. You take just like honoring Sister Lucy during this week. Some folks have a problem with that because they feel like you're singling out something and, and, that, and that that's, that's just not God. But notice Paul did the same exact thing. He started singling out people that had basically taken on his spirit. He started singling them out because they had taken on his spirit. And see, when, when, when you make up in your mind that you, you are going to take on your pastor's spirit and start walking accordingly, you have to understand something that's very important. It's going to require much. From you. Let's consider what Jesus said in the book of Luke, the, the uh, 12th chapter. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 12th chapter. Consider. The last sentence in verse 48. Luke, the 12th chapter. Consider the last sentence in verse 48. Ready? Jesus said, For everyone to whom much is, from him much will be, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Based upon the text, much means, first of all, something that requires a person to be serious or diligent, to whom much is given, much is required, to whom much is committed. Much is required. You have to be serious or diligent if you're going to take on much. See, see, people knew that, that if we're going to take on the spirit of Paul, Paul is a very serious man. So, so if, if we're going to take on his spirit, we're we going to have to be serious and be diligent about what we do. And, and I'm going to tell you something, pastors. 
if, if people are going to take on our spirit, they're going to have to identify what it is in you that they really need to, to take on. They're going to have to see, if, if they see that there's no seriousness in you, they're not going to be serious in ministry. People that really want to connect with you. If they see that there's no diligence in you, they're not going to be diligent. But now, if, if we have people like Stephanus, if we have people like those mentioned in 1 Corinthians 16, you are going to be serious or diligent when it comes to taking on your pastor's spirit. And you understand that if, that if I do this, it's going to require, it's going to require a lot from me. Now notice, notice again what Jesus said here. To whom much is given, much is required. You got to be serious or diligent. Second thing much means is you have to consider what you're doing as significant. You have to consider it important. When it comes to certain things in the church, people don't really see the importance, especially if it's something that's done behind the scene. Some folks just don't see the importance. Some folks like to be out front. I even had a problem with the ministers one time, and this, this, this was the problem. I said, look, I said, I need ministers to be just as prepared to pray as I am to preach. I said, what you think about that? And some said, well, pastor, I think you ought to be more prepared to preach than to pray. But you have folks like that. Matter of fact, you, you, have, you have choirs that if it's just a regular Sunday, oh, they'll sing. But if it's a special Sunday, they're going to put extra effort into trying to impress on that special Sunday. You know, Sunday choir that we sure enough got to be ready. But, but understand something. That's worldly thinking. That ain't godly thinking. Look at what Jesus said. See when, see, when you are given much, God is not looking for you to shine just on no special day. God is looking for you to put forth your best. Every time you're operating in your purpose. If your purpose is to sing, God is expecting you to put forth your best every time you sing. I don't care if it's one person you're singing to. He is expecting for you to put forth your best. To whom much is given, much is required. Now, now notice how Jesus put this. Because I want you to notice the wording real carefully before we move further. Again, 
Luke 12 and 48, the last latter part. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. But notice the wording as I continue. And to whom much has been committed, of him, help me with the next word, they will what? Let me, let me just break this down. They will. If. If. The pastor has dele delegated authority to somebody. Not only is the pastor expecting members of the particular auxiliary that he has delegated authority to expecting the members to do well, but the leader over the ministry is expected. But then you're, you're going to have serious members in that auxiliary that likewise are going to expect it. They're going because they recognize what they're doing as significant and serious. And so they, they are going to be expecting much. It, 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 it's just like when I told ministers that, look, God is elevating you to a senior minister now. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for more than what they were doing as a minister. Well, we're getting ready to just have your ordination to be a pastor. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for more than elder. I'm looking for you to step up and be pastor. It, it, it's just like when, when, when the deacons are given authority to make sure they take care of the church. They may start out taking care of the church like it's rental property because they learn it. But after a while, I, I ain't expecting to see no whole lot of patching going on. I'm expecting for them to treat the church like they own it. And then go from there like the real owner owns it, God owns it. Go from one level to the next level to the next level. Why? Because to whom much is given, much is required. And if you have been committed or trusted with something, you have to expect that, that your leader and others are going to be looking to see if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And ain't no need in getting mad when somebody calls you to the table. No need in getting mad when somebody calls you to the table. Why? Because of what Jesus said right here. Let me read it one more time and then I got to move on. He goes on to say, and I'm just going to read that latter part. Uh, and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask, what? The more. Ella, you need to quit saying God 12 times every time you pray. 
Ain't no need to get mad leaving the church. You an elder, I just expect better from you. Pastor, you done had 12 folk too long. It's time for you to get some more members in the church. Pastor, I can't make it. Listen, it's time for you to get more members in the church. Find out what you're doing wrong. Woo! Find out what you're doing wrong. Not the folks. You. Why? Good preaching going to draw folk. It won't draw everybody, but it's going to draw folk. I can't make folk. You just preach folk going to come. If it's just me and two and three, that ain't what Jesus ordained. Jesus did never ordain for a church to be two or three folk. Never. He never ordained that. Never. He ordained for the church to be progressive. For the church to grow not only spiritually, but in number. Now churches that grow in number, that's compromising, it's easy for us to say that that's not of God. Because God ain't going to compromise his standards. But if God has ordained for folks to get saved, folk going to get saved through preaching. Because preaching is what causes folk to get saved. Uh, one of the means by which folk get saved. But if I have had 12 members for 12 years, is something wrong with me, the preacher. If the choir is not going higher, is something wrong with the person that's over the choir? Not the members of the choir, something going on with the director or the leader. To whom much is given, much is required. Yeah, much going to be required. Well, you know, if I preach, if I preach compromise and folk would, would, would come, and you're probably right. But if some folk can preach compromise and everything else, folks ain't going to come. But is some folk going to be hungry for the truth? And if you preach it, they're going to come. Woo! Say to your neighbor, he's telling the truth. Whether we want to hear it or not. When you take on the spirit of your pastor, understanding that it's going to require you to be serious or diligent, understanding that what you do in reference to ministry 
is significant or important. It says about you that you fully understand who your pastor is from a biblical standpoint. Did you hear me? You fully understand who your pastor is from a biblical standpoint. How can I fully understand? I'm going to show you why you should fully understand. I'm going to quote some verses, but I'm going to go to some verses. When you really are taking on your pastor's spirit, you fully understand who he is, number one, because you recognize, according to Jeremiah 3 and 15, he is someone that God has given you. Jeremiah 3 and 15 says God will give you shepherds according to his heart. His heart. God's heart. Shepherds that's going to choose like God. Going to think like God. Going to talk like God. That's what the heart represents. Your thinking. Your talking. Your doing. And your pastor going to operate like that. And see, you know that. When, when you hear your... When you hear your pastor talking God talk that's a sign that you need to start talking God talk when you when you hear your pastor elaborate on how he thinks that's a sign that you need to start thinking just like your pastor why? Because that's what God done gave you he done gave you pastors according to his heart or pastors that think talk and act just like him this too heavy for y'all? And, and, and when you don't operate in that way, you are not taking on your pastor's spirit. I can point out folks at a place of refuge Carrollton that's, that's taking on my spirit. But in the same breath or with the same hand, I can point out folks that are not. Second, it means that you're taking on your pastor's spirit to the point to where you recognize that you are to imitate your pastor as your pastor imitates Christ or the anointing. See, see, see it's not just following the literal Christ, but it's about the anointing. A pastor has to imitate the anointing that God releases in seasons. God always allows a special anointing to come forth in seasons. It has always been since, since he anointed Moses. It, it, and it is still so in the church. God will send waves, cycles, or stages of his anointing. And when, and when the anointing comes to do particular things, as the pastor walks in the anointing, imitating Christ, likewise leadership and laity follow the pastor, just walking in. If God releases an, an anointing, which often comes in the form of a word, Saying better is here, better is coming. When your pastor starts walking in, you walk in that same 
anointing. When your pastor starts talking it, you talk that same anointing. You think the same way. Why? Because you have to recognize that your pastor is imitating Christ. Even when what your pastor is thinking, saying, and doing is contrary to society. And see, as a child of God, you should know, you should know based upon Isaiah 55, at, which says that uh, God's ways and his thoughts are distinct from man's. But you also should recognize, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, that we are not supposed to walk by what we see or sense, but we walk by the word. We walk in the anointing, not just what the latter is saying. We walk in the anointing, and the anointing, when it comes forth based upon the word, is not just about what is written, it's about what is revealed. Remember what Paul said in Romans 1 and 17? For the righteousness of God is revealed. How? From faith to faith. God will constantly talk to you about things that you don't sense with your eyes. He will constantly talk to you about what he, will, he is doing even though what you possess does not line up with what he's saying. God will tell you ahead of time how he's going to bless you. He'll tell you ahead of time how he's going to cause things to turn completely around for you. But if you are not walking in your pastor's spirit, if you are not walking in that anointing, it'll just be mere words to you. I said it'll just be mere words to you. And that's the reason you have some saints that never prosper in the manner that God wants them to prosper. Because they do not take the anointing of God as seriously as they need to. Not recognizing when God gives you something, he expects you to walk therein. How many understanding? But when you take on your pastor's spirit, it also says about you that you recognize that God is so awesome to where not only will he place a special anointing upon your pastor, but that same anointing will be delegated to others. But if you're not taking on your pastor's spirit, you're not going to honor that. I got to show you this scripture. Go with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 17. Notice this. Brethren. Join in what? And note those who what? Now, now notice, it was already people walking in Paul's anointing. But he knew there were people that were not walking in his anointing. And so notice the, notice the invitation he gives them. Walk in my example. Walk in the anointing that I'm walking in. Walk in it. 
Now notice as he continues. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who walk, who so walk as you have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of what? And he wasn't just talking about folks outside the church. He was talking about folks in the church. Don't fight God's anointing. Don't fight what God has set up in your church. Don't fight what God has set up in your auxiliary. The biggest reason folks fight sometimes is because, are you listening leaders? Members will fight a leader where they don't see that that leader is walking in the same anointing as the pastor. They'll fight that leader. Pastors, leaders will be reluctant to support you if you're not supporting them. Why? If it's an anointing where we ought to be connected to support each other, but you don't support the way others support, they're going to be reluctant. We can say, pray, or whatever. we connected and all that, but if support is not the same, it's going to be taught. It's going to be taught. You as a leader can say, I need y'all to follow me in the auxiliary. But if they recognize that the anointing or that what you're doing is not in line with what the pastor is doing, they're not going to follow you. Woo! How many understand it? See, we got to grow up. I said, we got to grow up. If we are expecting much from God, we're going to have to do what's required of us. Again, because to whom much is, much is. Ain't no harvest going to come if we don't get our act together. Not, not the harvest that we desire. To whom much is what? Yes. Much is what? Required. Yeah, God get ready to bless me. Not, not based on what you're doing. You better get as much overtime as you can. Because if God is going to give you the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and running over, based upon what you're doing, it may take a minute. Why? Because to whom much is, much is. And he has set it up in the church to where he's going to put a certain anointing on the pastor. And people have to walk in that same anointing. And as they walk in that anointing, you're going to see scripture like Psalm 133 come to pass. You're going to see good and pleasantness happening to everybody. Why? Because they're walking in that same anointing. They're unified. Jesus himself said a house divided will not stand. 
But what's going to happen if you walk in that same anointing? What's going to happen? See, you can shout about God going to give you this, that, and the other. But if we're not doing what's required of us, it ain't going to happen. I used to sweat out suits. Sweat out suits. And wasn't giving in the way I needed to give in order for God to give me what I, what I was expecting. I was talking millionaire, but I was, but I was giving like I didn't even understand what it was to be a millionaire. You, you understand what I'm saying? God is requiring us to come up. And notice what he says. He told them, he, he said, look, I want you to mark folks who are taking on my spirit. Let me look, let, let's read this. See, this, this is a problem that comes in the church. Now notice what he says. Still in Philippians, the third chapter. Brethren, join and follow my example and note those who so what? As you have us for what? You know them. And that's, a, that's your pattern. See, you have to ask yourself as a leader, can you be marked? Can somebody follow you? Can you be marked as somebody that follows the pastor? That's what you have to ask yourself. Can, can you be marked as somebody that follows the past? If, if, if you can't, you had took on your pastor's spirit. That's just the bottom line. I'm looking for pastor to, I'm looking to be blessed just like my pastor. Have you took on his spirit? Yeah, I'm a member over there at such and such church because I want to get that same anointing. But have you took on the pastor's spirit? If you have not taken on the pastor's spirit, it ain't going to happen. Now, it would be different if, if I was not talking scripture. Am I talking Bible? Yes. To whom much is given, much is? Let me just sell something before I go any further. And I want y'all to look for me. How many folk in here, you want God to do much for you? You want God. You know, it's two type blessings. There's, there's blessings from who? Man. And there's blessings from God. Proverbs 10 and 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one. The blessing of who? The blessing of who? The blessing of the Lord makes one, and he has no sorrow with it. See, if you want much, you are required to do much at the place you are. If you are in the choir, you are expected to do much in the choir. 
If you are an usher, you are expected to do much as an usher. If you are a senior minister, you are expected to do more than an ordained minister. If you are an elder, you are expected to have certain traits. That's just the way it is. If you don't, if you don't walk in that type anointing, if you don't walk in what God has told you is required of you as far as what is rewritten, if you don't walk in what God has revealed is required of you, you are hindering your own self. I want to see everybody blessed, but there's no need in me lying. If you are not doing what you need to do, it is not going to happen. Is not going to happen. To whom much is, much is. You have to get you. You have to be to the point to where when you take on your pastor's spirit, that you walk in the doctrine of your pastor. You you can't be having no three and four doctrines. You walking in. Let me, let me give you some scripture. Let's go to 2 uh, Timothy. Do it sound like I'm fussing? All right, let's go to 2 Timothy, third chapter. I'm getting ready to bring it in. Look at what he says in uh, verse 10 about Timothy. Second Timothy 3 and 10. Ready? But you have carefully. Follow what? What else? And faith. What else? All right, just, just hold it right there. Hold it right there. But you, you see all this stuff Paul knew Timothy was following in reference to his life. But what's the first thing you follow my what? See, see before any, anything else comes, you have got to follow your pastor's teaching. You got to know the doctrine of your pastor. And you got to follow that. Why, why did Jesus take so much time with his, his disciples? He wanted to indoctrinate them. And, and, when, and when Jesus went to heaven, and folks saw Peter and the rest of them, the scripture tells us point blank that, that even when the Pharisees looked, at Peter them, they knew that they had been with Jesus. They knew that, hey, they walking in what Jesus would teach. Jesus gone, but they, they carrying on. You can't be trying to get no revelation from everybody. See, some saints like, like to look at too much stuff and, and try to do too much stuff. Yeah, I spend my noon with such and such, and you know, at night I got my such and such that I that I spend time with. 
when, when you follow Timothy's life as a Christian, just, just in the Bible, you, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a man that was submitted to the Apostle Paul. That, that, that's the reason Paul could say when he sent him to certain places that, look, y'all, y'all need to accept everything that Timothy is saying, everything that he's doing, because he is going to tell you exactly what I would tell you. He's going to have my spirit. And see, that, that needs to be such throughout the church. And you have to understand this. When, when some folks hear teaching like this, because they really don't search the scripture, they'll be trying to say, you following that man. No, no. You're following the anointing. But see, the anointing that's on the person has to be honored because that anointing that's on a, on a particular person or the leader of a ministry is the anointing that's supposed to just cover the entire church. That anointing. That anointing that God has placed upon the leader of a particular church is to blanket or cover the entire ministry. That means that, that even when you're just practicing, practicing uh, ministry, as far as the choir is concerned, on Wednesday night, if somebody step in here, they should be able to recognize, that's Pastor Walker's. They shouldn't just recognize it just because it's a place of refuge. They should recognize it because the anointing that is on the place should be upon every member in the choir that has been in the church long enough to take on his spirit. Hold hold your claps. And that anointing again can be delegated. It'll come from the pastor. And the first thing folks should see when they come in here in the music ministry, it's on Brother Terrell. It's on Brother Rick. But, it's, but, if, but if word come back and say, you know what, Brother Rick don't act like pastor. He don't act like pastor. We got, me and Brother Rick are going to have to have a talk. Even though he's big brother, we're going to have to have a talk. Because the anointing is bigger than big brother. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all looking at me funny? I better go back to my scripture. Look at this scripture. Look at it. Look at this scripture. 2 Timothy 3 and 10. You have carefully what? What? What did he say Timothy had did? Careful. When I do step one, Timothy... You do step one. When I do step one and two, you do step one and two. If I decide I'm going to stay on step three for a year, you ain't trying to go around me. You're going to stay right there. See, the church is set up for everybody to follow the anointing. That's all it's about. And it has to start with the pastor. Yeah. That's the reason I look to see if pastors give. Yeah. 
if, if, I, if, if a pastor ain't giving, I know his church ain't going to have no money. I know folk in his church can't come to the church for help because he ain't giving. If a pastor won't give to his bishop, he ain't going to be blessed by others. And likewise, it, it just goes. If you don't respect your pastor leader, it's going to be members in your auxiliary that ain't going to respect you. That's just the bottom line. You know, Pastor, I'm just believing that God going to do such and such like he done did it for you. Not the way you act. Not with that mindset you got. It ain't going to never happen. Say to your neighbor, you know what you call teaching like this? Tell them M E A T. Because, see, we have been in ministry too long. Some of us, not all of us, but some of us have been in ministry too long to be at the place that we are. And the reason we are stuck in that place is because we have not been doing what's been required of us. We've been talking a whole lot of talk, but to whom much is, much is. Some of us shouldn't even tell folks that we have, we are are certain things. Because we're not walking in it. How you doing? What's your name? I'm prophetess such and such. You shouldn't tell nobody you know prophetess. Where you whine, cry, and so forth and so on. Look at this. You have carefully what follow. And see, folks don't understand. Paul had many ministers that were following him, but he only could appoint. Y'all holding on? Two of them that he could send to churches and do things. It probably changed. It, it, it probably changed at one time or another in ministry. But initially, he only could trust Titus and Timothy to go forth, get this, and do exactly what he was doing. Oh, he would use some ministers to send ladders, to send this, that, or the other. But when he decided to send folks to do exactly what he needed to be done, he was limited. And see, that's the same way in our churches. Pastor be like, you know, I don't know if I can get such and such to do it because she'll be up there trying to do something other than what I done told her. I thought she was such and such. She is. She do. She is. A, but she ain't walking in it yet. 
That's what she is, but she ain't walking in it. I thought you say she's been in ministry for 15 years. Yeah, she has, but she still ain't walking. How many understand? You sure? You're not upset about this? Okay. Say to your neighbor, you, you have to remain. In your fixed place. place. Because lastly, lastly, if you take on your pastor's spirit, you're going to work the way your pastor tells you to work. Look at how Paul wanted the church to work. He, He was just point blank. Hey, I need you to be steadfast, immovable, Always abound in ministry. And I need you to know even when it get rough that your labor is not in vain. See, because he, he knew if, if they were steadfast and immovable, the enemy trials, the flesh, and so forth were going to try to move them out of that fixed place. And he, he let them know. You, you got to know. See, see the knowing comes in when, you, when, when, when you're where you need to be. But opposition is trying to move you. Why is it trying to move you? Because your leader has told you what type of worker he needs you to be. I need you to be steadfast. Brought Terrell the same way the choir was singing on, on choir day. I need that anointing to stay there. And guess what? Guess who? Guess what? That's going to take some work from number one, the minister of music. That means he's going to have to clamp down. Pastors, we're going to have to stay united. We're going to have to at least support each other at such and such, such and such, and such and such. And when we have these particular revivals, we're going to need you to be there because we're going to have to show folk that we are together. But then when the revival happens, Be, be, no, no, a year in advance, what we going to do? But then when it happened, excuse after excuse, guess what? That ain't being steadfast. That ain't being immovable. You know, I'm going to really give this year. Mm, okay. So you're going to stay in that vein? We're going we gonna to get. We gonna make sure we give at least 30 every Tuesday. You're going to stay in that? I'm going to stay in that vein. Pastor, I just wanted to mention to you that I, I couldn't get a 30 tonight because something happened, but I'm going to try to get back. No, you said that's what you were going to do. I was expecting you to be step M. Pastor, but it's been rough. It ain't been, it just seemed like ain't that bit. No. I was expecting you to be stead. M. Always what? Knowing that you're what? Knowing it. Knowing it. See, a certain folk, 
this is going to be real hard. I'm finna close this, but I, this is going to be real hard. It's certain folk that, that a pastor just get to the point where he basically write them off. When it comes to work. Because they show no traits of being steadfast, immovable, and always abound. They, they just write them off. Yeah, that's L so-and-so. Yeah. He deserved that, but we can't trust him with such and such. Yeah, that's brother so-and-so. He used to be over the such-and-such ministry, but uh, he, he, he good brother when it comes to just good brother, but we can't put him over because he ain't going to be steadfast, immovable, always what? See, that's what it's about. It, it, it's, it's about you taking on your pastor spirit who, has, uh, who, who is in the vein of being. See, because if I'm not in that vein, I can't expect nobody else to be in the vein. But if I'm in that vein, I'm looking for somebody else to be in that vein. Paul so knew he needed to be a certain way to well, and, and folks take this out of context, but, but Paul said, I got to put my body under subjection. Because see, Paul knew that, that there were times to well, physically, he just wasn't going to feel like doing what was required of him. And so in order for him to fulfill what he knew was required of him, he had to put his body under subjection. He had to be to the point to where he did not allow what was going on in his body to dictate to him what he could and could not do. It wasn't about him putting his body under subjection and, 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 and that was in reference to the flesh. No, it was about his body. Because he did not want to become a castaway. Where he done told other folks to do one thing, but when they look at him, he doing something else. I know I'm taking time with this, but do you understand? I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise. Woo! Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.